I'm Daria Rose, and this is The Foodist Podcast, where real people use real food to get healthy and lose weight without dieting. Hello, friends and foodists. Welcome to The Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose, and today is a really inspirational success story with Ashley. Ashley has a condition called fibromyalgia, which I know a lot of people suffer from. It's sort of just like generalized pain throughout your body that happens and is is really, really awful. And Ashley was able to overcome her fibromyalgia without medication. She did it through food and exercise alone. And how cool is that? <laughs> and oh, and another thing is she also had depression and some other emotional issues that the food and exercise help with a lot too. So this is a really inspirational story. Uh, If you suffer from fibromyalgia or know anyone who does, uh, definitely give this one a listen. It's, it's, she, you know, she has a lot of tips and none of it sounds like really too hard. Like it, it all sounds really doable. And it's just so nice to hear her speak because she's clearly so happy. And, you know, a side bonus was that like she finally lost the last bit of weight she wanted to lose. And she's just in a really good place in her life when two years ago she like thought there was something seriously, seriously wrong with her because she was in so much pain and she was couldn't move. So this is Ashley's story. I'll let her explain the rest and uh, enjoy. Hey, Ashley, welcome to the show. Hi, Daria. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. I'm excited to hear your story. You have overcome a lot and uh, specifically fibromyalgia. And I know that I've, I know that a lot of listeners and readers have suffered from that and would love relief. <laughs> so, um, yeah. and just generally your story in general is just, um, I think very compelling. So I cannot wait to hear the the juicy details. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I am, I'm an open book. And, and like I said, I'm very you know happy to be a part of the show. Fibromyalgia is really different for everybody. And I think that I was lucky to be diagnosed uh, early. Uh, it's, it's not an easy diagnosis to get, believe it or not. I, it really shocked me um, how doctors are kind of um, hesitant to to put a label on on the pain. Um, but but you know, my primary doctor and then you know, my rheumatologist both said, yeah, this is what you have. And, you know, you're lucky because you're only 30 and, you know, there are things you can do um, other than medication. Now, of course, the first step was, you know, they wanted me to go on, you know, some of the fibro drugs. And, you know, when you look at the side effects and do some research, you see that the, you know, the side effects associated with those drugs are numerous and, and they're scary. And, you know, you see the, the commercials advertising these drugs on TV and, you know, you get the list at the end and it's like, gosh, it must be really, really bad if people are willing to take um, drugs for, for fibromyalgia. I didn't want to go on uh, on a pill. And so I just wanted to adopt a more holistic approach. And I thought maybe I can do this. Maybe I can beat this with uh, diet and exercise, you know. And my rheumatologist was very open to that. He said, yeah, let's try it. Um, cool. So that's when kind of that journey began. That's And, and how long ago was that? That was um, almost exactly two years ago. Wow. And so uh, did he have a, he or she, uh, did your, did your doctor a have a, a man? Okay. Did mm-hmm. he have a plan for you or did, was, were you on your own to sort of figure this out? 
I was sort of on my own. Um, you know, he went over some, um, you know, anti-inflammation foods, you know, foods that combat inflammation in your body, uh, talked about just gentle exercise. I was a runner back in my twenties and loved it. Um, I hurt my knee and so it kind of, uh, threw me out of running. So, you know, he just talked about gentle exercise. A yoga routine is what he recommended. Um, and I had experience with yoga, so I was very comfortable with that. Okay. But other than that, I was kind of on my own. So it was basically an anti-inflammatory diet and l- gentle exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Low that was what he, he said. But there wasn't really a, um, a hard and fast plan. You know, I didn't have a, a food plan diet that I was on or anything like that. Right, right. So then what did you do? Like, what was your approach? Um, well, at first I said, okay, um, I'd always, you know, for the last several years, I've, you know, had a pretty healthy lifestyle when it came to to eating. I wasn't super into exercise, but I said, okay, this is, this is a good turning point. So I cut out all fried food, um, the majority of processed food. And I kind of, um, instead of looking at it as an anti-inflammation diet, I looked at it as more of a whole, a whole food diet. Um, and just wanted to eat, you know, my goal was to eat, you know, 80 to 90% whole foods period, and then exercise every day. Great. I mean, I agree with you. That's like the same thing. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny because there's, yeah, there's so many terms out there and you just, you know, try to do the best you can. And there's a lot of, you know, misinformation, but but yeah, that's what I did. I just adopted a whole food diet. Um, I started walking 10,000 steps a day. Uh, I bought a Fitbit, downloaded my fitness pal and started tracking, really looking at what I was eating and, you know, monitoring, um, input versus output, you know, food versus calories and exercise. Great. So so you were just like, you just went like, it's Monday, like I'm going all in. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it was honestly, um, before I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, I really, the pain was so intense. Um, I'd never experienced um, any kind of pain like that before. I thought something was really wrong with me. Um, you know, we had just moved to, t- to Tennessee at this time and, um, you know, had gone through a lot of life change. We, you know, very quickly had gotten, um, adopted our dog, gotten engaged, moved in together, moved to Tennessee. Both of us got new jobs. Um, wow. Yeah. That is so, a lot. We planned our wedding, we got married, and then this happened. And so I was like, gosh, something, you know, something is really wrong. One thing I didn't mention is that my husband travels a lot for work. So one night, you know, after we went through all of, my my husband and I went through all of this life change together, um, there was one night he was on the road, I was home alone, and I just had this really intense pain, kind of started in my shoulders and just shot down my back. It really intensified in my hips. And then just would continue to shoot up and down my legs. It was like a really oh. hot kind of searing pain. Oh, um, and I just thought something was really wrong with me. I wasn't sure what it was, but I knew I needed to go to the doctor because something wasn't right. I'd never experienced pain like that before. Wow. So when I went to the doctor, you know, fibromyalgia was kind of in my mind because I'd, I'd heard of it. Uh, and I was very hopeful, though, that he would just have a simple ex- explanation like, you know, this is just your body's response to stress and, you know, just you know, go get a massage and you'll be fine. You know, that was my hope. But of course, that wasn't the case. So you started on this diet plan. I did. Yeah. So I, um, I cut out um, the majority of the processed foods I was eating. Um, 
And it, it was that hard? I'm trying to like, cause some like, for instance, like some people like gradually step into like, oh, first I cut out this, first I cut out this. I'm trying, did you like just like hold turkey on the processed foods and that was no problem or? Well, honestly, I've always been a dieter. I've, I mean, since I was 16, I've always been um, just worried about dieting and weight. And You've I, had practice. <laughs> yes. So I kind of knew what I needed to do. Um, okay. and I want like the pain was so bad that I wanted to go all in to just sure. to see if I could beat it. So you just want like, okay, clean slate, clean slate. Um, the one thing that I struggled with was sugar. Uh, I had a really hard time cutting out sugar, but it was no big deal for me to say, okay, you know, no fast food, even on the, the very few occasions that I would eat fast food. Um, you know, no fried food at home, just very, you know, lean protein, vegetables, fruits, and, you know, whole grains. That was kind of my focus. Cool. And um, now you're better. Yeah. So <laughs> what, what, how quickly did, did that all start changing? Um, honestly, it took about, I want to say between two and three months of this just really focused, clean eating. Um, and then, of course, the yoga routine that I had adopted and walking 10,000 steps a day. Um, that the exercise was more than what I was used to doing. So I really feel like moving more and eating the cleaner diet, um, over the course of two or three months started to, um, I don't want to say take away the pain, but it lessened the intensity of the pain. Um, I never had another night where, you know, I was laying in bed crying because it hurt so bad, uh, after that. So, okay. So immediately you got a little relief and then over the course of a few months, it improved even more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So over the course of the next, I want to say six months, you know, the weather got better. Of course it wasn't, uh, it, it was winter when I had that really horrible episode. Um, it's cold sensitive. Yes. So cold and, um, and weather in general. So if we have a thunderstorm, I feel you know, just more sensitive to pain, um, things oh. that wouldn't bother me. Um, How on a, it is, it's so weird. It's the weirdest oh. thing. You're like connected um, like to, to earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is, which I love the idea of, but not in this. Right. <laughs> yeah. In theory, that sounds awesome. And in, in practice, it's just pain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's a weird thing. And there's not a lot of, um, of information out there for, for young people with fibromyalgia. So, um, it's kind of a, kind of a lonely trail to be on, but I feel like, um, I feel like I've made some really good progress. Yeah. At any point where you like, was like, were you, did you become impatient with the progress? Cause I mean, when you first said two to three months, like in my brain, I'm like, I know people that like suffer from pain and I'm talking about like, not people I'm super close to, but like friends of mm-hmm. family members who like, like to complain. Um, and they have, <laughs> pain or digestive problems or whatever. And like, they'll try something like, Oh, I tried probiotics for two weeks or I tried gluten-free for two. Like they don't have the patience to take it through. And I'm like, I know it takes three months to six months to like heal Mm -hmm. your gut, you know, to like a lot of people don't have the patience for something like that. So did you have any, um, any of that, like sort of banging like in round in your head or (laughs) doubts or anything like that? I, I had fears that this wasn't going to work and I was going to have to go on the medication. Um, that was the main thing, you know, keeping me on the straight and narrow. The other thing was that I was losing, slowly losing weight, um, on the new diet and exercise program that I'd put myself on. 
Um, and as a person who has always been very conscious of, you know, trying to lose weight and trying to be on a diet and, you know, being as thin as I can, you know, that's always been something that, that I've struggled with. And so I knew that, um, that this was a way for me to a hopefully beat fibromyalgia and B, you know, lose the weight that I'd always been trying to lose since my early twenties. So you had a bonus motivation. Exactly. Yeah. It was a good motivation for me. Okay. Um, and how, and how much weight did you lose? Did you lose just out of curiosity? You know, I thought you might ask me that. And I looked at, I looked to my old medical records over the last six years, I've lost exactly 20 pounds. Wow. Yeah. And it's been really, really slow. 10 of that has happened in, in the 18 months, you know, since I've gotten really serious about the fibromyalgia care. Um, you know, so since I adopted the yoga practice and, you know, making sure to walk 10,000 steps a day and the clean eating, you know, 10 of those 20 pounds have come off. So that's been, um, pretty stark in contrast to the, to the other 10 pounds that happened so slowly. Yeah. Cool. And so it's been two years since that happened, right? Mm-hmm. Two years since the diagnosis. Your diagnosis. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it sounds like you've almost just had, have you had continuous prog- progress since then? Uh, well, I had a, um, I, I meet with my rheumatologist every, every few months. And about six weeks ago, I met with him for a checkup and, you know, he was just like, you're, <laughs> he said, you're a model patient. He said, you know, if you keep this up, this diet and exercise program and keep managing your symptoms in this way, he said, you can sort of go into fibromyalgia remission. You know, he said, there's no real cure for this, but you could have, you know, a, a great chance of not experiencing any more symptoms if you just keep doing what you're doing. And that is amazing. It's incredible. It's, I just, I've, it has made me, and then I found Foodist, the podcast, your podcast, you know, back in November, I guess it was, and Summer Tomato. And it was just kind of like, okay, here's, here's what I've been doing and what I've been, you know, trying to achieve. The, the power of food is just incredible in, you know, helping you oh, achieve so awesome. your health goals. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, it's funny because like I started all this stuff from a, just like a super, egocentric, like selfish, like, place. I was like, I just wanted to be skinny and I was sick of dieting. Mm-hmm. And like, it wasn't about like, I didn't even care. Like I was such a like, like ignorant child. <laughs> I was, I mean, I guess I, mean, I was such a young person, you know, young woman. I just, I didn't even care about my health. Like I just mm-hmm. assumed, you know, when you're like 17 or whatever, you're like, oh yeah, I'm just, I can beat up myself. Like, I don't have to worry about this stuff till I'm like 50. Um, I just, had that attitude and I didn't care if like I would have taken diet pills and smoked cigarettes. I would have done anything to lose mm-hmm. weight. And, um, you know, I came around to this, this holistic, like health based approach and my life got so much better. Uh, but like, you know, what's really crazy and eventually I, you know, found the science of all this, but this way of living, it's not just like weight loss or even just like, not getting a heart attack when you're mm-hmm. in your seventies, it's, it, 
it fixes like a lot. <laughs> like it fixes like mood problems. It fixes digestive problems. Like uh, it fi- like helps with insomnia. And apparently it helps with fibromyalgia, which is pretty amazing. It is amazing. And, and I, I'm with you, you know, I would have done anything to lose 10 or 20 pounds back in my, in, in my twenties. You know, I went through a prolonged period, probably eight years of just an intensely stressful time with college. And then a, a period after college where, you know, I was on and off antidepressants and just for, you know, I guess it was eight years in my twenties. And wow. I was kind of the same way. Like I just wanted to take a pill and get through and, and not really look at the root causes of my problems. Um, funnily enough, uh, this, you know, eating plan and the exercise have, you know, solved the mood issues for me too. So I, you know, was able to get off antidepressants about four years ago and it's just, it's, it's incredible. It's amazing. You know, I really like what you said about not looking at the root of the problem because I don't know about you, but like when I was young, I didn't think about it that way. Like I didn't think I'm just, I thought I was addressing the root of the problem by like, I thought forcing myself to eat less was the root of the problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? But the reality is not, that's not the case. The reality is I had like body image issues and I, and I knew nothing about nutrition and I wasn't taking care of myself, but I just, I had such like tunnel vision about the goal that I couldn't really see the big picture. Yes. I think when you get into your late teens, late twenties and early thirties, you kind of start to see the bigger picture because you want to be healthy into your adult life and into, you know, the rest of your life. You want, you don't want, you want to do things now that are going to prevent bigger problems down the road. And I I think when I was younger, like you, like I wasn't looking at that. I was just trying to be skinny. Um, and it wasn't working. <laughs> so totally. And I think also, I think you made a really good point. Like you get, you like mature and you start seeing the bigger picture more sort of in your late twenties, early thirties. And I think another thing that happens is, I mean, for me anyway, I started actually noticing that there was a connection between what I ate and how I treated myself and how I felt. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, like when I was young, I, I mean, nobody ever tells you this stuff when you're a kid. And like, I just had this like magic box theory of my body. Like I would just, I didn't, for some reason, I just never connected that like, if I ate something, I would feel a certain, like I never connected stomach aches with what I ate. Mm -hmm. I just thought stomach aches came on randomly or headaches came on randomly or like I was tired or insomniac like randomly. I never, like, I don't know, like it seems so ridiculous to say it out loud now, but I totally never made that connection until I was like 27 or something. And I'm not like the dumbest person. Like, no, I think a lot of people <laughs> will, would relate with that. I mean, it's it's crazy. Just you know, you educate yourself, and you learn that you really you are what you eat, and you you know you can, feel what you eat. You feel what you eat. Yeah, you can heal yourself with what you eat. Crazy. So. Wow. So you've had, it's actually, that's actually a whole other story we could talk about is you or depression and like coming Mm -hmm. out of that. I mean, obviously you did a lot of personal work and, um, Mm -hmm. you have, you're in a happy place in your life anyway, but for that too, I know that that's impacted by food as well. It absolutely is. And you know, what helped me the most, I met my husband about six years ago. Um, and I was on antidepressants then, and you know, he's the one that introduced me to running and, you know, that 
just the runner's high, the endorphin rush that I would, would get from that would make me feel so good. I, I started to think, well, maybe, gosh, maybe I can, you know, step down my medication and just see, you know, how this is going to go. So over the course of about a year, I did that and, you know, found myself off of medication completely um, just because I was exercising and then, you know, exercising, I thought, gosh, I'm doing so much good for my body. Why not, you know, start to eat a little bit better too? So, um, hmm. it, you know, it was nothing like the, you know, kind of the strict, um, eating plan that I'm on now, you know, we were eating, we lived in a, a bigger city then, and we were, you know, enjoying the restaurants and, you know, take out twice a week and not eating that well. But I started thinking about it that long ago. Cool. So, you know, I think I bet a lot of people, especially anybody that actually has fibromyalgia would be super interested in like specifically what you eat. Mm -hmm. And I don't need you to like, give me like a weekly menu or anything, but I'm curious sort of like, what's an average breakfast, lunch and dinner for you and your day or snacks and things like that? Sure. Um, well, as I mentioned, we lived in a very rural area, so we cook at home, you know, six or seven nights a week. Um, so for, so I'll start with dinner. We, we know we cook dinner every night. A lot of times we'll have, um, leftovers for lunch the next day. I I cook enough to where, you know, we have enough for, for lunch and that's usually, um, a grilled protein. We like to grill chicken. Uh, we'll grill lean red meat every now and again, probably twice a month. We'll do that. Um, my husband is great at, um, just various kinds of grilled fish, marinated grilled fish. Um, we live in a pretty grill so much. Oh gosh. Yeah. From (laughs) California to New York, right? (laughs) Like it's like illegal on like every balcony in the city I've looked. (laughs) I don't know what we would do because I mean, we live in Southern Tennessee and so it, it, it gets cold in the winter, but it's not prohibitive. Um, we're able to grill throughout the winter. Um, so we grill a lot. Um, and like I said, always enough for lunch the next day for dinner. We'll have, um, with that, we'll have like a, either a brown rice or we like farro. Um, we like barley, um, just to eat, um, not in, you know, I know a lot of people use barley for soups and things, but we like it just as a grain on the side. Cool. Barley, farro and brown rice. Mm -hmm. Um, did you just cook those plain? Um, I use, um, a beef broth. I cook them in a, in a beef or a chicken broth. Um, and just add, you know, whatever we have, either garlic salt or, you know, whatever sounds good, um, whatever will go good with the vegetable we're going to have. Um, so instead for dinner, always, we always have a vegetable, a grain and and a a protein. That's the goal anyway. Um, the vegetable, you know, if we're in the mood for like a baked potato or something starchy, instead I'll make like a roasted cauliflower mash. Um, I'll roast it in the, in the oven and then mash it up like a mashed potato. Um, Yeah, it's really good. And um, yeah, cauliflower is so good. Yes. And, it, you know, it, we really don't miss it. You know, we really don't miss the starch when we kind of, I guess, trick ourselves into, you know, a, a tastier vegetable. So sorry, sorry, what? When we kind of trick ourselves, when we really want a starch and we trick ourselves into, um, into eating cauliflower <laughs> because we make yeah. it taste good, you know, yeah. it's, it's not a, it's not, um, a sacrifice, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. Um, I mean, I stopped eating, I stopped eating things like that. Like, a, I mean, I, I don't, I didn't stop eating it completely, but like I, for a long time, I didn't eat like potatoes or rice or things like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I like, I never really got, like, I never added them back really. I mean, like I'll eat sweet potatoes now and I'll eat grains for sure. But mm-hmm. like, I never just, 
miss potatoes. Like to me, they're like pretty bland. Yeah. I don't know. So it's not something, I mean, I'll eat one, like I'll eat them at a brunch or something, but it's not like something I'm like, God, I wish I (laughs) could have a potato. Yeah. We don't really miss it either. And, um, you know, my husband prefers brown rice over potatoes anyway. For example, like if I make a pot roast or something, you know, he would rather have brown rice with that than potatoes, which is how I grew up. You know, if we had a roast, we had potatoes with it. So it's just kind of learning, um, you know, to make your own way and make your own, um, choices relative to exactly what, what you need. Um, and, and what you want too, because we don't want to, to go to bed feeling like we've deprived ourselves, you know? Sure. So it's just kind of been a process of learning, um, what we want and how we can, um, achieve that in a, in a healthier way. So we'll do the, the cauliflower. Um, I even do like a cauliflower pizza crust. Um, that's really mm. good. You can make it ahead and freeze it. Um, and you know, it takes the place of a, a wheat pizza crust or a flour pizza crust. Can you send me the recipe for that? Sure. I'd be happy to. Well, I'll, I'll stick it in the show notes for everyone. Yeah, it's really good. We can put anything on it from barbecue chicken and red onions and cilantro to, um, we did one the other night that was, um, it was prosciutto with goat cheese and roasted figs. Wow. Really good. Really good. <laughs> Sounds amazing. It was really good. So yeah, we'll do that for dinner and then we'll have leftovers for lunch the next day. I'm curious, like what kind of vegetables, I mean, you mentioned the cauliflower, but, yeah. um, but that was more of like a replacement for potato, but like what other kind of vegetables are you, are you cooking regularly? Sure. Um, this time of year we do a lot of roasted vegetables. So I'll do, um, you know, roasted red onions with, uh, sweet potatoes and broccoli, for example, that doesn't sound very good together, but it's really good. Sounds amazing to me. I, so I like for some reason <laughs> for me, sweet potatoes and broccoli are like a match made in heaven. And they're pretty together too. That, that goes a long way with me. If, if, if a dish is, you know, if it looks good, then, you know, it makes me want to eat it. Yeah. Um, Cause for me, the little bit of bitterness in the broccoli, like really balances the sweetness in the potato. Anyway, yeah. Okay. Good call. Another thing that we'll do is, um, cut broccoli crowns into like thin planks, like Ooh. half inch or an inch plank, and then throw those on the grill with a little bit of olive oil and garlic, um. salt, and pepper. And it just is like a grilled, um, a grilled broccoli plank is what we call them, <laughs> but it's, it's good. And it goes great with, with so many things. Chris loves broccoli, but he gets sick of eating it, uh, just sauteed all the time. So we try sure. to think of new ways to cook it. I, I applaud your use of, you've mentioned it a few times now, garlic salt for mm-hmm. anybody who doesn't know this garlic salt is like a secret weapon for cooking. Like you just sprinkle it on any vegetable and it tastes amazing. Yes, I agree. And turmeric too. (laughs) We use a lot of turmeric. Um, It doesn't have a very strong taste and it's supposed to be great for battling inflammation. So Mm. um, in those mashed cauliflowers, I'll just add a teaspoon or so and it gives them a lot of color and um, a good flavor. And it just makes you feel like you're doing something good for yourself, a little added, you know, benefit, a little added spice. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we love turmeric as well. We cook with it a lot. And I have a white iPhone case. (laughs) <laughs> with like a little battery pack and like literally the entire back of my iPhone is yellow. Not like really strong, but if you look at it, it has this like yellow tint and it's from setting it down on my kitchen counter because yep. my kitchen counter is always yellow. <laughs> I can totally relate to that. I, I have a dark colored OtterBox or my phone would be white or my phone would be yellow too. <laughs> that is so funny. Awesome. 
So let's hear about your, your awesome breakfasts. Yeah. So, um, I, I get up early. I, I've started getting up in the last several months. I've started getting up about an hour earlier and that's the time that I use for, um, just me time. That's when I read, that's when I do my devotion. I might do like a short sun salutation yoga practice and just, you know, get that, get my day started really well. Um, and then Chris gets up. That sounds and, so nice. It is so nice. I mean, I drink a lot of water in that time. I get my coffee going and it's just a really relaxing way to start the day. Um, we, we go to bed pretty early here. So, you know, it's not a huge sacrifice to get up at, at six instead of seven. So I've really loved, you know, adding that to my day. Awesome. Um, that's when I, you know, I start working, I work from home. Um, which has been great because it, you know, puts me in control of all of my meal choices. It's been a huge blessing. Um, and so I start, you know, get my work day started and then, you know, Chris gets up and gets out the door and, um, you know, that's when I'll go to the gym, get my walk in and then I'll come home and eat breakfast. So I eat breakfast, you know, pretty late, probably between nine and nine thirty every morning. Um, and usually I try to do a grain, a whole grain a healthy fat and a protein with breakfast. Like that's, I just really want to get my first meal of the day really solid. Um, so yeah, right now, super satisfying. Yeah. I want it, I want it to get me like, through to a late like lunch. Fiber, you know? fat and protein is like, that is a, like it's a slow digesting, energy giving, satisfying breakfast. It's a plus. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad, <laughs> glad to hear it. Um, so right now that is, that looks like, um, like a sprouted, bread. Um, I, I shop at Aldi and sorry, you shop where it's called Aldi, A L D I. Um, it's just okay. a little grocery store. Um, and we just got one, um, here in Tennessee. Um, it's a tiny grocery store. It's, um, a lot of times considered a discount grocery store. Hmm. Um, but it has a great organic section and it cool. makes, you know, eating organic affordable for us. So, I get this sprouted seven grain bread at Aldi. Um, I usually put a toast it and put a half an avocado on it. Um, usually sprinkle that with uh, some turmeric and pepper. And um, I'll do like egg whites or maybe a couple of scrambled eggs with that, um, depending on how hungry I am. That's awesome. Yummy. Yeah, <laughs> it's so, so good. good. It's hungry. so good. And you know, I took, like I said, I took the mindful meal challenge, um, two weeks ago, I guess it was, I really just started to notice, like, I really don't need all of this salt and pepper spices on the avocado and the eggs. Cause they taste great by themselves when I'm really paying attention, um, to the, to the way the food tastes on its own. And I'll still, you know, cool. do a sprinkle, a little sprinkle, but I'm eating so much less salt. I feel like based on that. Cool. So, I mean, it's, that's not like too crazy. Like that's doesn't sound too hard to do at all what you're doing. It's not, um, I love to cook, but you know, I'm not, I'm not going to spend more than 10 minutes on breakfast and lunch. You know, I just, <laughs> right, right. I just kind of want to, yeah, I'm willing to really slow down for dinner. Um, we love to cook together. And so I'm willing to just, um, make dinner kind of the, the focus since that does account for, you know, the next day's lunch too. Um, we spend a lot of time on dinner, but, but not so much breakfast and lunch. Well, that's awesome. So you eat whole foods, you cook at home. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, it sounds like the fanciest thing you do is use turmeric. Yeah. 
pretty much. Yeah. You have a lovely morning routine. I, I, I would be willing to wager that that time you take for yourself in the morning to center and just, you know, set your intention and, and do things for you. I imagine that has a huge impact on your stress levels and all the decisions you make throughout the day. I would completely agree with that. Um, I always take just, I mean, it only takes me 30 seconds at this point, but I always just take a few seconds to think about, you know, what my day is going to look like. What do I want to get done today? And when am I going to do it during the day? And that always includes my workout. Like what time today am I going to get my workout in? Um, and so that really helps me kind of stick to it when I have a clear vision for how I want my day to go. A hundred percent. I think that's especially important when you are managing your own schedule. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people think it's like way easier to like be healthy and do stuff when you work at home. But actually, when you're when you work at home, you're always at work. Yeah. <laughs> and sure. so it can actually be really hard sometimes to draw the line and say, nope, I'm like going to work out. I'm going to cook. I'm going to take care of myself during these specific times. Um, and it actually takes some discipline. I've noticed, for instance, that um, one of the things that I really love about working at home is that I can work out whenever I want. And so I purposely mm-hmm. make my workout in the middle of the day when the gym is empty. Yep. <laughs> um, it's a good trick. And it's, yeah. And it's like, it's what's, what's amazing though, is it's not like, it would be easy for me. Like I have the definitely like the workaholic personality. It would be super easy for me to just like either wake up really early in the morning and do the gym or like work my face off from like 9am or 8am to like 7pm cook dinner and then like try to work out later or something. But I'm so much happier when I work out in the gym when it's calm and also breaking up my work day while it sounds like it like kind of interrupts your thought process for me, it actually is like a huge refresher. And the second half of my day is way more productive because I've like sort of made that decision. So now I'm like really defensive about it. Like if anybody tries to button my schedule like during my workout, I'm like, oh, uh-uh. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, it definitely took some discipline and like soul searching early on, like when I was sort of transitioning from being a student to working at home. Actually, I, I like had a little job for a little while. But um, anyway, that was like something I had to like talk myself into was like making time in the middle of the day for self-care. Yes. Yeah. It makes a huge difference to, to split your day, to split your work day into two chunks and have that, you know, midday, um, meal and a workout. That's the, that's the greatest thing. I'm right there with you. That's just a one, a great way to spend the day and to have, you know, to get what you need to get done, um, personally and work-wise in, you know, that really seven 30 to five 30 period, and then you have your entire evening to spend how you want, you know, on cooking and then your meal and then your family. Like that's, that's how, that's my goal. That's what I'd like to, to continue. Yeah. Fantastic. And so do you feel like you've like arrived or do you feel like you're still working on all this? So I honestly feel like over the last several months I've achieved the goals that I had set out to achieve, you know, over the last several years. Um, I feel like I've learned so much and read so much and done so much research and as you know, what's going to work for me, what doesn't work, um, that I've kind of come to a place where I'm really happy with my weight. Um, you know, since I've discovered summer tomato and the, the mindful eating practice, you know, I've lost the 
the last four pounds or the last five pounds that, you know, that I've been struggling with. And, you know, that makes me very happy. Nice. Yeah. It's good to hear. Well, there's a, there's, you know, a couple of bad habits that, that I've tried to break and I've had a lot of success, um, with cutting out my sugar habit at night. Um, and I know I'm not the only one who struggles with this, (laughs) but like (laughs) two or three hours after dinner before bedtime, you know, it's just, I want a sugary snack. And, you know, that's, that was just the habit. Like we would, you know, just have something sweet every night. And, um, I decided that I was going to stop doing that. You know, it wasn't like a new year's resolution or anything, but I was just like, you know, I'm feeling so good. I'm making so much great progress. There's no reason why, you know, I can't, you know, take it a step further and cut this out. Um, so about, I guess it was back in January. I said, okay, I'm going to start drinking herbal tea at night when, when I start to have that craving for my, you know, sugar at night. Um, I'm going to make my tea. I'm really going to enjoy it. And then if I still want something really sweet, um, then I'll have something small or a piece of fruit or something. Um, I, I discovered that, you know, probably seven times out of 10, just the process of making the tea and enjoying the tea, um, would kind of satisfy me and I wouldn't go for, go for the snack. So, um, so that was great. Yeah. That was really great. Great observation. And sometimes it's not. And you're like, okay, tonight's just night or whatever. (laughs) Tonight I'm having a cookie. Yeah. Um, but then I thought, well, if I've, you know, if it's seven nights out of 10 and I've, you know, gotten that far, let's make it 10 nights out of 10. So for Lent, I gave up, um, eating sugar at night, you know, all the whole way, like, you know, not gonna, not gonna have any sugar or a sweet snack at night. And I'm just going to have the tea. And that's been really great. I found some awesome, um, herbal tea varieties that I really like that are super satisfying that I've even gotten Chris on board with drinking. So that's just been, that's been a great, um, addition to our evenings. That's fantastic. Would you mind sharing what teas you're having? Um, right now we're drinking, uh, it's the stash, um, stash brand and it is licorice spice Hmm. Um, it's really really good and we also like chamomile tea but licorice spice just has a lot more sweetness that's awesome yeah i found that like you really need to like i had to search for teas that i really like because i don't love all of them like some of them are just don't do it for me but i Mm -hmm. um i really like the teas there's a place called samovar that sells tea online it's kind of pricey but like and it's loose tea but that's what i'm used to making anyway because i make like oolong and sencha teas in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I'm used to loose tea and um, it just from, it's just so like, I just love it. So it's like, whatever, <laughs> you know, it's like whatever, like $10 for a bag of tea. That's like not very big, but it lasts me like a couple of months. And at the end of the day, that's nothing for a couple of months of not eating dessert. <laughs> like, exactly. You know I mean? Yeah. So. The payoff is just so huge that, yeah, I can totally, uh, I would totally be able to justify that. Yeah. Wow. So you, you're like just doing awesome. It sounds like you, you've made progress recently still, but like for the most part, you're just kind of happy. Yeah. I feel really, and that's why I reached out to you because I just wanted to, you know, share the, you know, just the happiness and the celebration that, you know, I'm really feel like I've kind of found my way. Um, and you know, I still have, um, I still experience pain during cold, damp weather. I had, um, a birthday recently and there were three separate celebrations where there was birthday cake or some kind of, you know, sugary treat that, you know, 
I'm all about celebrating my birthday and I love birthday cake. But so of course I had some, but you know, for the next couple of days, I felt, you know, some sensitivity and pain in my legs and just a general kind of lethargic, just icky feeling. And, you know, it's fine because it's your birthday and you want to celebrate. But then again, you know, you just get back on track quickly. And within a couple of days, um, you know, you're back to normal. And because you have that like super strong motivation, like internal motivation of being like, I want to feel good as much as I love the sugar, like it's Mm -hmm. not worth it all the time. Not at all. Yeah. And I I know, I feel like I've come to know myself well enough to recognize, you know, what has gone wrong um, to put myself back on track. Well, I'm thrilled for you. Congratulations, Ashley. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, Thank you for allowing me to share with you. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Um, I I hope this, I'm, I'm sure it must, like, I just want people to have Hope and also the patience. I think that's you for some re- like for some reason it seems like it was pretty natural for you to just be like I don't want to do the drug, so like I'm all in on this food thing for as long as it takes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I know that that can be hard for some people, especially if there is a lot of pain. So um, absolutely, I- yes. That's one of that's just something that I wanted to add. You know, fibromyalgia is different for everybody. I got, I feel like I'm very lucky that I was, I, you know, just had a couple of really good doctors who were willing to kind of let me go my own way and try a holistic approach. But I totally understand that a lot of people, for for a lot of people, you know, their pain is probably so much worse that, you know, a holistic approach is not going to have the same, um, the same success that it did for me. You know, some people need that medication and that's, there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And, and I imagine you, like you can even experiment with like hybrid versions where you do the medication and try the diet and hope to wean at some point or something like that. Sure. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks again and um, keep up the awesome work. Keep me posted. Thank you, Daria. I will. Thanks for listening to the Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose, and if you're interested in upgrading your own health style, learning how to get healthy and lose weight without dieting and without all of the suffering that it brings, then head over to my website, Summer Tomato, and sign up for my weekly newsletter. When you sign up, you'll get a free starter kit that'll teach you the basics of how to start changing the way you think about food, health, and weight loss. You'll also get a free chapter from my book, Foodist, called The Myth of Willpower that explains the science behind why the no pain, no gain mantra of the weight loss industry is the absolute worst approach to getting healthy. So come over to Summer Tomato and sign up. We have a fantastic community and we would love, love, love to have you. Thanks for listening and I will see you next time.